Aloha and welcome to I Hate My Voice, the podcast where we deep dive into our dysfunctional relationships with our voices while also learning to turn it all around. My name is Nikki D and I'm an award-winning vocalist, transformational vocal coach, and founder of the Diva Academy. I have just one mission with this podcast, to inspire and empower you to actually fall in love with your voice. Forth and forth. We're back. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the podcast. If you listened to episode one, you know a little bit about who I am and what I do and why I named the podcast I Hate My Voice. The TLDR version being that for some reason people love to come up to me and once they find out I'm a vocal coach or maybe they've seen me sing, They like to just kind of unload on me and say all kinds of horrible shit about their voices to me. And I find it both amusing and kind of a bummer. (laughs) I guess it's like if you meet somebody and they're a therapist, you might go, oh, I'm having this problem or that problem. But I don't know. I don't do that. So it's always kind of boggled my mind as to why people think that's appropriate or why, um, why it's such a natural reaction to finding out that I'm a, that I coach voice for a living, that I've been doing this for 21 years and that I'm really passionate about the voice and I'm really passionate about vocal work. But I think the topic, today's topic is a big part of that reason. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and address the big elephant in the room, which is um, redundant, a big elephant, um, but address the elephant in the room when it comes to the dysfunctional relationship that we have with our voices. And that elephant is named shame, right? Shame. Like that nun in the Game of Thrones with her bell. Like it's just this heavy, dark topic and it's a heavy, dark emotion. And it has all kinds of um, origins. And for me personally, um, I actually had a really great session today in therapy and the topic of shame came up as per usual. It's not, that's not unusual at all to be talking about shame. But at one point, my therapist shared inadvertently just mentioned a a term that I'd never heard before related to shame. And what she said was needs shame. She said that I had needs shame and needs shame from my understanding is a type of shame that is kind of born of growing up in an environment where the shame around you or the shame of those raising you and the shame they're raising you with is so thick and so heavy and it permeates so deeply into your being that you actually develop a sense of shame for existing, for just being alive, for taking up space, for making a sound, <laughs> you know, relating it back to the voice. Because needs shame, if you have needs shame, it means that you're ashamed of just having basic human needs. The needs that you had as a child probably weren't being met in some way. So maybe they were taking care of your basic everyday needs, but your emotional needs weren't being met. And I'm not here to, I'm not here to sit and harp on my, on my parents or my, my upbringing. It's just a lot of it does have to do with my own sensitivity and my, um, my ADHD, where the the hyperactivity part of it actually manifests as extreme sensitivity in my body. And so things like sounds and bright lights and um, 
and, and skin sensitivity and pain, they're all very, very strong for me. And so I have this sense of, of shame around my physical body. And of course, like I mentioned in uh, episode one, the way that we feel about our voices, the way that we talk about our voices, so essentially our relationship to our voice, is a, a microcosm. It's a, it's a reflection of our relationship to ourself. And so it, it's extremely important. And I think I've done a lot of the work that I've done within the context of vocal work, vocal practice, vocal improvement. That's one of the reasons it's been so healing for me. And in fact, in my, I, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I, I have this, this ebook coming out and it's about the, it doesn't, it, the title's kind of unimportant. I don't really have one quite yet, but it's something about like 21 reasons for singing, right? 21 motivations for, for doing vocal work. It's not actually all about singing. So I lied. That won't be the title, but there are three sections. There are the performative benefits, the non-performative benefits, and the social and connective benefits. And under the non-performative benefits, and this is, like I mentioned before, something that stemmed from the pandemic and the work that I was forced to do on myself, the internal work I needed to do, when my ability to perform was taken away and my ability to teach in person was taken away. So I'm talking about healing. So the healing that I have found through my vocal work has so much to do with the healing of shame. And the work that I've been able to do with my clients around their shame, their vocal shame, which stems from physical, you know, the shame of having a human body and having needs. And that stems from a shame of even existing and, and taking up space and breathing air. The reason I think I've been able to do that is because of my strong connection to my own voice and, you know, the thousands of hours that I've put into my voice over the, over the decades. And so th thankfully I had that path to go down and it has, it has made a huge impact in my life and it has made a huge difference. And so a huge part of the work that I do with my clients is based in that relationship, right? And the way that it impacts not only their voice, but their, their career, their relationships, and again, their sense of self, self-worth, self-esteem. And so in these hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of, of talking about this with clients or at, in masterclasses and workshops, the most important thing to, to realize is that you've got to be able to start to push past and heal that shame before you can reach your full vocal potential. And in the moments, of course, life happens and, and shame comes up in different forms, in different ways. And depending on how your receptors to it are that day, you know, it, even for me as a professional vocalist, it still can get in my way of reaching my full vocal potential from day to day if I'm not really careful about staying on top of my, my shame work as it pertains to my voice. So am I here to give answers, to give you all the answers to how to heal your shame? No, I'm not a guru. <laughs> as I said, I'm sort of the vocal coaching anti-guru. Don't have all the answers. I'm in therapy myself, proudly so. I'm not ashamed of it or anything, and I probably will be for life <laughs> uh, with the way things are going. Wait a second, that's a song. That's in a song. Probably. He probably will be for life. Piano man. Sorry. ADHD, right? I gotta. But yeah, I, like I said, I struggle with many, many challenges stemming from, you know, growing up in an environment um, steeped in, in shame. And so one thing that I've found, this is a short podcast format. I can't, it's not even the length of a normal voice lesson. It's like a quarter of the length of a normal voice lesson, right? So there is a really 
interesting um, exercise, though, that uh, I have done with myself, with my clients, that I find helps me start to unravel and, and, and heal my shame and address it, right? Obviously, the first thing you need to do is to, is to acknowledge it. It manifests in so many different forms. We don't even have time to get into all that. But what I like to do with my shame, I, I like to acknowledge it. I like to own it. I like to say, hey, I see you. I acknowledge you. I, I kind of give it a physicality. Um, so the first step for me is I like to think of it, maybe I'll give it a color. I'll, maybe I'll turn it into some sort of a liquid or an ooze or a slime. So I give it a sort of a, of a flexible form. And I kind of just watch it. And I watch it in my mind's eye. I see it kind of, you know, entering my body through, you know, my nose or mouth, right? That's where we've taken air. And I kind of watch it coat my larynx. Maybe I'll give it a bright color, like a fuchsia or a, maybe a red, right? Just some kind of a bright color. And I watch it kind of ooze itself over, fold itself over my, my larynx and ooze into my into my trachea and kind of coat my vocal folds and I might see it kind of make its way down into my lungs and I just feel the weight of it you know just as I picture it I feel how heavy it makes my lungs and my I feel my diaphragm muscle and my intercostal muscles my you know the muscles between the ribs I kind of see them just unable to to function and and I feel my voice and my throat get heavy and as I acknowledge it and I let myself feel the weight, it kind of starts to fade. I like to let the color fade a little bit. And I like to imagine that I'm able to say, hey, you know, come, come over here instead. Let's, let's, let's do something else. And I start to kind of coax it slowly out of my abdominal or out of my, sorry, my breathing muscles and my lungs and kind of start to pull it back out through my trachea, my larynx, my vocal folds. And back out of my mouth and nose and kind of let it pool up somewhere in front of me on the floor maybe and and take a good hard look at it and kind of watching it ooze and bubble kind of like the the T1000 in Terminator 2 you know that it would kind of liquefy and then it would start to form into something else and so i'm starting to acknowledge it i'm starting to befriend it i'm starting to soothe it and go hey no i see you you know i become my own sort of vocal shame therapist where i'm i just want to hold space and i want to explore and right now I'm, I'm going to hold space for my shame. I'm going to try to shape it into something. I don't want it to form the T-1000 or any other type of monster. I, I want to form it into something that I can actually have compassion for. So I might imagine it takes the shape of something sweet and small and vulnerable. You know, it could be a cute little animal, or maybe it's like a little human, a little, a little person. Maybe it's a little girl. And maybe that little girl, as, as she starts to form out of that, ooze or that liquid substance. Maybe, maybe she forms into me, like a five-year-old version of me, right? Just something or someone that you can show some compassion to. And so as it takes that form, it's the color has, has you know, um, it's not as dramatic of a color anymore. It's become more neutral as I've begun to soothe it. And maybe I sit down with that little girl and I say, I look at her and maybe I notice that she looks worried or anxious or like she's deeply ashamed about something, right? Because she is sort of shame personified in this metaphor. And rather than just talking at her, I might ask her questions, right? I might ask what she needs, what's she looking for? 
It kind of makes me think also, I mean, this is a little bit of a creepy metaphor, but I think of the sixth sense, right? And how like the Haley Joel Osment, he saw dead people, right? Very famous, uh, very famous line, I see dead people. But as it turned out, the ghosts that he was seeing, the dead people he was seeing, they all had some sort of unfinished business. They all had some sort of trauma or, you know, they just wanted someone to listen and help them finish that business. So I kind of think of, of this manifested shame, little girl Nikki or little puppy or whatever, whatever it is you want to, you want to form. And I, I start to just ask her questions and I start to just try to find out what she needs. Does she need to talk? Does she need me to listen? Does she need me to just sit with her, be present, hold space? Does she need me to cry with her? Does she need me to hug her, hold her, rock her, right? Whatever it is that helps this girl, little girl heal, you know, by, by pulling the shame out of my body, seeing it outside of my body and putting it onto something precious like that, onto something or someone precious, I think keeps us, I think it helps us to keep from letting shame run rampant, right? How do we keep from letting it run rampant over us? right? Is it a needs-based shame? Is it a childhood trauma? I think it's worth sitting with and analyzing to understand so that we can heal and we can reach our full vocal potential. So that's really all we have time to explore today. I just want to encourage you to take the time to, to sit with your shame in that way, to kind of do whatever visualization you need to do to pull it out of your own body, put it next to you, put it somewhere outside, give it a different form. And just kind of try to get to the bottom of it, right? At the very least, it kind of occupies your mind enough to help you stop, you know, going down a shame spiral if that's, if indeed that is what's happening. So yeah, I just wanted to introduce that exercise to you. In the next episode, I want to continue on shame. And in that, um, in that episode, we're going to talk more about sort of the historical context, the, the types of shame that, that are kind of maybe not related directly to our childhood outside of, of just basic cultural issues, maybe the way that we've been socialized, gender expectations, different perceptions. So a little bit broader, so it's not quite so personal and, and dark and scary as this one was. But, you know, our voice is, is ours and we can work with it and on it in any way we choose. And I think the more time we spend thinking about topics like shame and their, their effect on our voice and our voice work and our ability to reach our full potential is time well spent. So please feel free to share with me um, at the end of the podcast, you're going to hear um, where to find me on social media and uh, also how to get more information about my courses online and the projects I have coming up in the vocal coaching world. So that's all at the end of the podcast. Again, I invite any comments or questions or, you know, things that you want to hear more about in future episodes. I invite all of that on social media. Thank you again for being here, hating your voice with me, just kidding, for healing your voice with me, for having a little, a little chat with me about shame and letting me be vulnerable with you today. I can't wait to bring you some more wisdom, hopefully, <laughs> in future episodes, particularly the next one where we're going to continue a little bit about shame. And then from there, we'll be able to actually move into the nitty gritty of vocal technique and function and integration application and all that really cool fun stuff. But we got to get through this stuff first, guys. 
So I will talk to you again very soon. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye-bye. Mahalo for tuning in, and I hope you'll join me again soon for another episode of I Hate My Voice. To learn more about my online vocal programs, visit my website at diva.academy. That's D-E-E-V-A dot academy. You can also find me on social media with the hashtag at diva music. And don't forget, that's diva with two E's. My name is Nikki D. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Aloha. Aloha.